Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled Sabbath, Defining Rest, was given by Bill Dogtrum and is the fifth in our series, Who We Are, Defining Community Through the Ten Commandments. We are uh, slowly wandering through the um, way that God has chosen to define community in the ten words that are most comfortably known to people as the Ten Commandments, even though, as we've said the last couple of times, the word command or commandment doesn't appear in the original text of uh, either Exodus or Deuteronomy. Instead, they're just called the Ten Words, the Ten um, Ways of, of Framing What It Means to Be the People of God. And um, you'll know out of, out of as, as uh, yeah, we could, I'm, I'm going to try and, and, and do a duet here. I, I, it, he's, he's got me beat, or she does. I mean, then we can all go home afterwards and watch. Anybody watch Sunday's Best uh, on, on BET on Sunday night? It's like American Idol, but it's for worship leaders in, in, uh, it, 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 in, uh, in usually African-American churches, but it's just wonderful. Um, and I, so I go home and have church um, all over again. Anyway, uh, sorry. Um, what uh, God has, has chosen to do is call a people to be his ambassadors, to be his representatives, to stand in that middle ground in, in, in kind of this intermediary role representing as a kingdom of priests, God to the people and the people to God. But he knows that it requires a certain kind of person, a certain kind of people to do that. And, if, if, and, and the, the kind of the frame that defines what kind of people can do that is the word holy. Holy is not special. Holy is not spiritual. Holy is set apart. And it's always set apart for a function. And out of that set-apartness is behavior but it's not the behavior that sets you apart. It's the fact that God has declared His people holy that now behavior is implied, right? Does that make sense? So in that framework of behavior, because Israel is His holy people and because we are in some measure His holy people, His representatives, we stand as an, in, in an intermediary role, representing God to the world and representing the world to God, and the, the frame of reference within which we do that are, is defined for us by these ten words. We are not going to be very effective representatives of God if we have other gods before Him. We will lose our place in the world if we have other gods before Him. This took Israel about five, six, seven hundred years to finally get right. Uh, we will not serve God or the world well if we make graven images. Because in the making of graven images, it's not God who is defaced, it's us who are defaced. Because we are intended to be the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, 28 makes the point that God has created His people to be His image. So when we make an image like a calf or like a bull, or like a goat, or like some uh, mythical creature, and direct our heart's attention towards that in worship, it is demeaning to us, one, and two, it has the effect of shaping our souls 
to become like that which we worship. Because if you set your heart on something in a worshipful attitude, your heart is directed towards that. This is Romans chapter 1. Paul suggests that what ultimately happened is when we refused to worship God as God and turned our attention to the creation instead of the Creator, we became like the creation instead of like the Creator. And our hearts turned to uh, animal desires and, and, and on and on and on and on the list goes. All right? So we, we need to have no other gods before Him. We need not to make any graven images. Two weeks ago we talked about how we need to be honoring and respectful of the name that He has given us as a primary way of shaping the reality of the people that we care for. Remember, the name is not just the word or the, or the kind of the, the name badge of God. It is His character, it is His identity, and it is the, the, the message that we bring. It's a way of introducing people who don't know His name into the reality that His name represents. Because name is not just, like I said, what you call Him. It's not magic. It's not something to conjure by. It is instead the reality that it represents. And he's just saying, don't use that reality in an empty, meaningless, pointless um, fashion. Think before you speak the name. Because when you do, things happen that wouldn't happen if you didn't. So that's, that's where we were. So we have the first three of these ten words that talk about our relationship to God. Now we're talking in this fourth word about our relationship to ourselves. What does it take to maintain our identity in this world? And the answer is a day set aside called holy in which we can recalibrate with our own sense of being holy. It's called Sabbath. Sabbath simply means seventh. There are two primary um, foundational rationale for the existence of Sabbath. One in Exodus 20 and the other in Deuteronomy 5. You may recall that each of these ten words is repeated in those two places. Exodus 20, just after the children of Israel have come out of Egypt, and Deuteronomy 5, just before they go in to the land of Canaan and the Promised Land. So they are kind of framing their identity, the Constitution and bylaws, uh, just after they become a nation and just before they go in and, 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 and establish themselves in, a, in, in place. All of the other, for the most part, all of the other nine words are identical in both versions. But the word about Sabbath is different in, Deuteron in Deuteronomy 5 from what it is in Exodus so we want to look at those differences because they're instructive for us. If you need a Bible, we've got a few here. Um, just stick your hand up and we'll make sure you get one. We've got a couple of back here. We've got some folks up here. Thanks. Sarah, appreciate that. <clears throat> all right. So we're in, first of all, Exodus 20. It's the second book uh, in the Old Testament. Start from the, from the very beginning and, and go two books in and you're there. In the 20th chapter, we are looking at how these words define community. And so we'll look at this one uh, in verse um, uh, uh, 8 to begin. Uh, here's the text. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
couple of things just before we move on from this one. The word remember here doesn't mean just recall to your consciousness. It means reenact what was done that made Sabbath, Sabbath. So it's a, like, like, for example, when we do communion as a, as a community, uh, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and talks about, do this in, Jesus is saying, do this in remembrance of me. He's not saying, just remember that I did this once, but in your participation, do it with me again. And that's what he's after here. So Sabbath is not remembered just by thinking about, oh yes, this is the seventh day, I need to... It is an entry into what that Sabbath meant. And that's how we keep it holy. That's how we keep it separate. That's how we set it apart so that it has its function. If we don't keep Sabbath holy, God is not harmed. But we are. Sabbath is not for God. Sabbath is for us. And when we fail to Sabbath... Ultimately, when we fail to rest, we lose our sense of who we are. As And we'll talk about these two things in a minute. But let's go through this. Six days, then, and notice the contrast. Six days, you shall labor and do all... Oh, go back, sorry. <laughs> Look at the bottom line there. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. Right? That's the contrast. Now move on. Thanks, man. Uh, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So six days are yours, seventh day is His. By setting aside the seventh, you redeem the six. You follow me? It's the same thing we do when we, when we give. Like Brian was talking about this in terms of our giving today. When we tithe, when we take 10% of our income and give it to the work of God through, the, through a church, we're saying we recognize God is the giver of the 100%. And we're stewards. We're responsible for what happens with that 100% represented by us giving the 10. So similarly, when we set aside this one day and remember, enter into it, and keep it set apart in our own mind, in our own thinking... We are saying, I am a steward of the other six days. I recognize those come as gift from God as well. All right? So, on that day then, don't do any work. Not you, not your son or your daughter, not your manservant or your maidservant, not your animals, not the alien within your gates. Now, here's why. Go ahead. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the rationale for Sabbath in Exodus 20 is the fact of creation. The fact of creation. And when we enter into Sabbath, when we remember what it's about, how many of you know God didn't rest because he was exhausted at the end of creation? Sabbath does not come, rest does not come because God is exhausted. Anybody who can speak and universes occur is not likely to be worn out. Right? So it's not about rest as result. It's about rest as foundation. So that the seventh day serves as a platform, a foundation for the six days that follow. 
We don't, in other words, work towards rest. We instead work from rest. The other way that this gets conceptualized, if how are you all doing? Is everybody, yeah? I'm, I'm uh, you're doing okay? Yes, that's what it means. By his participation in it, as the final act of creation, he sealed creation and set aside that seventh day as a holy day that now serves as the foundation for the rest of the, of the actions that follow. Exactly right. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the question that Steve's asking is, is, is exactly the, the right one, uh, because in those six days God was creating. So from our standpoint, as the image of God, uh, there is a creative work element. It's important for us, just, can I just piggyback on this for a minute, to realize that work is not a curse. Right? We are built to work. We are created for workmanship. The problem is, when we define ourselves by our work, rather than letting our work be defined by who we are. Sabbath is a way of keeping that calibrated so that we work out of identity, not towards identity. Okay? So part of that is going to be creation. Part of that is going to be making. We don't have capacity to create beyond a certain fundamental level at this stage of the game. But we can make things. We can make connections between things that God has created, right? And so that that is going to come out of that rest. But let me just reinforce this one more, one more time. You'll notice that the pattern of creation establishes a rhythm for us. And most of us don't notice this, but let me, let me see if I can remind you that the days of creation begin in the evening, not in the morning. So that if you read through Genesis 1, creation has evening and morning first day. Evening and morning second day. Evening and morning third day. The point of that is that the very first thing we do every day is rest. And out of that rest, when the sun arises and we join in what is already happening, the process is already underway. Things are already going on. Things are already happening. We simply join God in the work that He is already doing. Do you, do you feel the difference in that? And the, the, it, it, it's important that we think about this because uh, if we're not careful, we're going to think that nighttime is what we're moving towards, and so we come to rest out of exhaustion rather than come to work out of rest. We're built for rest. Okay? Okay. We're, sorry. I like this song. Anyway, um, we're, 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 we're built, we're built for, for rest, but we're also built to work. The problem is we get them backwards. And then what gets lost is first rest and then work. Because if you lose the foundation of rest and just work six or seven days a week without rest, what suffers? The work suffers too. So we're built in a certain 
to live in a certain rhythm. And if, like, like in your automobile, if, if the, if the, if the um, firing order is off, the car doesn't run very well. It might still kind of jerk down the road, but it doesn't work as well as it could. Similarly, the way I illustrated a couple of weeks ago, if the wheels are out of alignment, if the front wheels and the back wheels are not in alignment with one another, or if the camber and pitch of the front wheels are not in alignment with one another, the car will still go. It just will blow through tires fast. It won't be as efficient and as effective as it could have been. So here he's saying, get yourself in alignment with how the universe is structured. Stop fighting against the gift of rest and let that serve as foundation then for work. Does that make sense? It's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing. Think about what happens if instead of rushing to rest, you think about the beginning of the next day by preparing the night before. Instead of, instead, think about what difference that might make in terms of, say, even the entertainments that we engage in uh, at, at nighttime. The way we push back the dark. The way we resist sleep. And then pay the price for it the next day. And we curse the morning. Rather than saying, if I just rested well, the morning might not be the problem. Do, 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 you, do you see what? So, so here we have, you know, thank God it's Friday. And the Sabbath keeper says, thank God it's Monday. I have capacity for the work that I'm doing this week because I have rested well on Sabbath. I have capacity for the things that give, that, that give the expression to the meaning of my life, the creativity of my soul. Any of you creative folks, uh, poetry, songwriters, we need rest to work out that creativity. People who are solving problems. How many of you have found the problem that you've been working on? Maybe you write code for software. Um, and, 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 and you're trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to solve a problem. Inevitably, at least some of the creative people that I have talked to in this regard say that, the, that, that often the solution that they're seeking comes to them in rest. Right? The, the lyric of the song, the melody, the hook on the melody, or the, the bridge uh, comes, or, the, or, or, or a, a problem that you're having with a coworker, uh, or... Uh, it, I mean, who knows what it is, but that rest is meant. That's why the psalm says that he gives to his beloved in their sleep. Sometimes, I'm, can I just put it this way? God can hardly wait for you to go to sleep so he can get to work. So that when you wake up, nothing important begins. Nobody's waiting in the universe for you to show up so the universe operates. Sabbath is just a way of hum humility. It's saying, nothing stops when I go to sleep. Nothing starts when I wake up. I join in what God is already doing and bring my contribution out of the rest that He has given me. So Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden. And the very first thing we receive from Jesus is rest. Okay, so that's Exodus 20. 
creation. We are turtles on a fence post. We did not get here ourselves. We had help. Right? Do you like that? I like that illustration. Anyway, so, okay. So here's the next one. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And notice the shift in this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord, brought, your God, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. So the first one, Exodus, is about creation. The second one, Deuteronomy, is remember your redeemed. It's about redemption. These two primary markers of the character and nature of God, he is creator and he is redeemer, is what we celebrate when we enter into Sabbath. And so as we think through this, um, I want you to kind of keep in mind how hard it was for the children of Israel to forget that they were slaves at one time. They refute, and in fact, it took them almost the same period of time to learn how to Sabbath as it did to learn how to take, uh, to, to not worship more than one God. It was not until the Babylonian captivity uh, in about 584 BC, after they'd already been a people for almost 500 years, that they figured out, we better Sabbath. And from that point on, they have observed it religiously. There's value in that. Perhaps the extremes to which the, the Jewish nation has gone to observe Sabbath, has, especially the highly orthodox uh, communities, uh, is, is extreme and, and maybe misses the point. But I'd rather, err, if you've got to err on one side or the other, err on the side of Sabbath observance, not on the side of too much work. Do you see where we're going with this? So, what are we doing here? It, as, we, as we try to change our own mentality in this, connecting with creation, reminding ourselves that we are not machines, reminding ourselves that we are not animals, we are not slaves, we are not workers first, we are persons who work first. Here's some implications. First of all, we need to learn how to live in the rhythm. We are built for that, that rhythm, whether it's a 24-hour a rhythm in which we're built for somewhere between seven and a half and nine hours of sleep a night, in general terms. Uh, and and, and uh, there are very few people who can function on less than that, which results in a, a, one, of the, one of the phenomena that I've been studying a little bit in my, since my doctoral work was what happens with sleep deprivation and how that impacts spirituality. Uh, you might be interested to know that driving sleep-deprived is the same thing as driving impaired by alcohol or drugs. Or texting, in case you wanted to know. Okay, so, um, so we need to learn to live in that rhythm. And it's not just a 24-hour rhythm. It's a seven-day-a-week rhythm. And one day in seven, we choose to enter into rest and let that be the foundation for the days that, that follow. Sabbath is furthermore a way of defining or understanding ourselves as the recipients of creation and of God's action towards us as Redeemer. It's, it's a, a weekly reminder that you are valuable, that you are not an animal, that you are not, in, in the mechanistic scientific worldview that we live in, a machine. I was reading a, a book this, or an article this week by a, a scientist named Edward O. Wilson, a little book called Consilience, which is a fascinating study, but his, 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 
his philosophical predetermination is that persons are machines. That the mind, the brain is a machine. That it is the firing of neurons. That it's simply a collection of, of electrical impulses. That there is in fact no free will. You are the product of the, of the, of the, of the shaping of the mechanism that is your brain. And I just need to say, sorry, I really respect science. As far as science can go, things need to be empirically uh, validated for it to be science. But when a scientist starts talking about things like um, that require faith, I'm not going to listen to him necessarily as the most helpful guide to stuff like that because I am aware that the mind is more than the brain. That, 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 that environments require persons. Do, do, do you see, what, see where I'm going with this? So, uh, Sabbath is a way of just entering into our identity. We're the gift of the... Of, we are the sheep of His pasture. He, he breathed His breath into us. We are, we, are, we are different than any other being in the universe. We are living in that middle ground, that thin space between spiritual and material because we're meant to serve in that bridging capacity as, as, as holy people. And Sabbath just lets us know, look in the mirror again, be reminded you are created, you are redeemed. He has set His love on you. Sabbath is a way of celebrating the day of our birth. It's a way of reminding us who we are and how we got here. So it's a way of calibrating, recalibrating, of, of reorienting. How many of you find in the course of your ordinary work, workday world that sometimes it's really hard to forget that you're not just a machine? That you're not just subject to the, to the mechanisms of control. In fact, if you watch TV for very long, you'll, you'll recognize the marketing structures are built on, on a machine impulse. If we can program the machine enough that when you go to the grocery store, you buy this detergent instead of that one. You go this fast food instead of that one. And Sabbath is a way of recalibrating my sense of myself to say I'm not a machine. Any questions or comments on, on what we've been doing so far? Have you been able to pay attention enough to <laughs> get where I'm going? Okay, that's so much fun. Okay, um, the other thing that Sabbath does is it is a way of honoring time. Time is a gift. It is a finite gift. There was a time when there was no time. I'll put that one of those in quotes, I'm not sure which one. And there will be a time when time is no more. So time exists within a finite range. In fact, if you're interested, time was invented on the fourth day of creation. So for three days, there was no time. I don't know how that works. But anyway, we've got that dynamic going, going, going there, right? Because the fourth day is when we have sun, moon, stars which is how we calibrate time. Prior to that, you just have light, which is fascinating, too. God doesn't need the sun in order for there to be light. I, it's like, okay, apparently I didn't get the memo on that one either. So we're, but what time, what Sabbath does is remind us that time is a gift. It allows us to say we are not just the click 
of the clock. We're not just the punch-in, punch-out worker bees. We have an existence in time and have capacity then to redeem time, to take it from chronos state, one thing after another, to Kyra, they're getting wound up, okay, uh, to, to enter into Kairos. And, and Kairos is this moment uh, of recognition that every second is filled with eternity and an awareness of God's presence. So that for those people who are one-dimensional timekeepers, it's one thing after another. For those of us who by training through Sabbath have entered into the reality of time, time is rich with eternity and filled with the possibility of presence. And Sabbath enables us to take the moments of time and recognize in them that God is present, that He is guiding the processes of creation. So it's a way of redeeming ordinary time um, and, and celebrating that the fact that time, while it had a beginning, it's also Sabbath is a reminder that time has an end, that we are moving somewhere. And it's important for us to recognize that therefore what we do in time matters because at the end of the day, there will be an end to the days. And after that, no more time. So we need to honor this space here and our existence in it as a way of preparing for when time is over. Okay? So we are therefore stewards and caretakers of time. And we are recognizing that the, all of our days are gifts from God. That's why we, we sing with the psalmist, Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Notice, I enter into the day that's already in existence and celebrate it as such. So it's furthermore then an, a way of entering into the limitations. I am a finite being. I had a beginning and I will, in all likelihood, have an end. Things are vibrating. Are they, yes? That's cool. It was like that's this morning when they were doing sound check, and I thought, oh, 3.8. Um, but anyway, um, so we, we're, 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 but it's important for us. Otherwise, we will, because we are built for work, and if we're not careful, we'll define ourselves by our work, we will then begin to think that we can do anything and everything, that there is nothing off limits to us. And Sabbath is a way of entering into our limitations. I am not the product of, of, of my work. In fact, I am not a performer first. I am a person first. You know, the human being versus human doing. You've heard that language used. And it's important for us in Sabbath to recognize because I am created, I can work, but I'm valuable whether I do or not. This is really critical for us because what happens in a mechanistic universe that is reductionistic in its character is that those who no longer can contribute because of, of illness or because of age 
or because of some disability of one kind or another, are viewed as less important and less valuable than those who are the contributors. How do we define the contributors? They're able to work. And God says, Sabbath says, no, you're valuable because you are. So if you find yourself at some point in your life in a state, uh, uh, perhaps as you get older, uh, some of your capacity is going to be uh, taken from you by age, perhaps. Does your value cease because you can't work? No, your value goes on and might be expressed in a different way. And Sabbath is a way of connecting us to the source of our value and then giving meaning to our work rather than our work giving meaning to us. Does, does that make sense? So it's a way of entry then into this mystery of creation and puts us in our place because we need to remember that this is not all there is, that redemption has a punchline. So that Sabbath, setting aside one day in seven, is a way of witness, a way of, of saying to a working world, watch, there's another way to live. There's a, a way to live out of rest. I have a friend who is in um, uh, medical school, and uh, he is in a highly competitive environment. Anybody who has done medical school or, or law school or any of the other uh, disciplines like that know how competitive that is. And it's, and it's always comparison and contrast between yourself and another uh, classmate or, or, or on and on and on the list goes. And I, I needed to remind him you are not there like anybody else in your medical school. You are there as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Your value is not determined by how high on the list your name appears. Your value is established with God in the heavenlies regardless of how you perform. So relax and live out of who you are. Do your work. And one day in seven, Sabbath. And when you're preparing for final exams, when you're preparing for state boards, when you're preparing for these other things, Sabbath seems like the craziest thing in the world to do. He has now done it for two years in a row, and guess what he's discovered? He can work out of rest better than he can work out of work. His capacity to remember, to make connections, to put the pieces together, are enabled to a great... Now, that doesn't happen with everybody. It's just so that it, it happens here. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell you the story is an illustration. I'm not going to tell a story that undermines what I'm trying to get at. But, the, but do, you, do you see the point, though, that, that we're moving some way and creation has a value. Sabbath has a value. It's a way of surrendering to mystery. Now, you'll notice that we don't Sabbath on Saturday. And that is principally because the early church recognized with the resurrection of Jesus, Sabbath is apparently uh, portable. We can move it because Hebrews chapter 4 makes the point that Sabbath is no longer just a day, it's a person. And talks about Jesus being our Sabbath rest. So, as, we, as we're going to uh, draw this part to a conclusion, I want you to start to think about how you can enter in by Sabbath into the rest that Jesus has provided. As you can enter in 
to uh, setting aside the components of Sabbath are prayer and play and worship and family and community and fellowship. It's, it's not about new law. So it, it's, it's don't work, play. Don't work, pray. Don't work, fellowship. Now, there are all kinds of variations on that. We had a, had a couple of conversations with the folks after the service this morning. So again, it's not law, but I want to invite you to consider what life might be looked like, lived from the foundation of rest that God established as we move forward. Let's, um, let's cl- uh, close this off in, in prayer. And Brian, I'm going to ask you guys to, to come. We may just probably uh, uh, pull the plug a little early, cause the, the, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. You can go rest. How about that? Uh, but let's, uh, let's, um, let's close in prayer. And I'm going to invite you, though, as we do so, just to give some consideration to what it might look like for you to enter in, to order your life, whether on a daily basis or a weekly basis, to enter into the rhythm of that weekly Sabbath rest and the benefit that, that may accrue to you from that. Remember, when you don't Sabbath, God is not harmed, but you are. You're built for it. Father, I thank you for uh, the gracious provision that you have given us where on a weekly basis we can be reminded who we are and whose we are. I pray, O Lord, that in Jesus' name you will help us not just to remember, that is to recall into our minds, but to re-enter into, to reenact the gift of creation, the gift of redemption, and remember that you are the one who spoke us into existence. You are the one who has redeemed us when we went sideways. You are the one who gives meaning to life out of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. I cultivate Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from The Garden or would like to find out more about The Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org.